0: Cheers, we're back at it. We're doing episode two. We didn't give up. And we still don't know the name. Ooh. (laughs) I mean, we could take a minute because it is fun to talk about. Yeah. Have you given more thought to it?
1: Yeah, I still really like the idea of holding on lightly. Holding on
0: lightly? Holding it lightly? Either. Okay.
1: Holding on lightly because it's like I always think about holding on to things too tightly, like we're holding on to like, you know, you know, something that you're so attached to. And if you just let go of it, like, ah,
0: that's the way forward. I mean, that's, that's why I made my Instagram a few years ago, the, the side one on spiral dynamics. That's why I called it. You can let go now. Yeah. Um, because like that is, or even talking about some of the people in our lives that are struggling with some really difficult things. Yeah. It's sort of like, what am I grabbing onto? Mm -hmm. Right. What that's why they're calling it enlightenment. Not that I know the ins and outs and everything about what enlightenment (laughs) means, but I see the path forward being, how can I hold this more lightly? How can I take, uh, things like play, right? What's that great quote? Um, I heard it in several different forms, but it's originally an Alan Watt quote, which is like, um, uh, "God takes very seriously that which we call play." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Ah, okay. You can only get there by holding it lightly. Dude. You can't. There's no way." And I've been a comedian for 13 years. There's no way to do genuine, great playfulness connection by, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking kill this." <laughs> right like but sometimes early on you'll be like I'm going to murder this audition I'm yeah. going to go out there on stage in front of everyone I'm just going to from an improv standpoint maybe for something scripted like stand up you can you can uh, tap into that more mm-hmm. but again if you're talking about discovery and connection open hand right mm-hmm.
1: it's got
0: to be open hand
1: dude When I sent you that Sadhguru thing last week, that kind of blew my mind. Which one? We had
0: a few back and forth.
1: About people say, how do you work? You should work hard. How do you study? You should study hard. And it's like, (sighs) nobody says, how do you work? Maybe you should work lovingly. Uh, Maybe you should study joyfully. Maybe you should do things, you know, because he was saying when the body in your heart is not Um, connected to your mind and you think that you should just be working hard and working hard and pushing hard and pushing hard. But like, actually you're going to do your best work. You're going to be your best self. You're going to be in the most flow flow when you're um, doing something joyfully.
0: Yeah. Uh, God, it's, it's hard. It's hard for me as an Enneagram nine too, because I find that to be the truth when I have space, when I have mental and like spiritual energy in reserve and when I'm holding things lightly that I do my best and things go well. But New York City, America, there's a lot of it and especially me as like a single man. I you know, I don't want to bring it back to that but there is a bit of a pressure of like, how are you going after it? How are you taking the bull by the horns? I had someone that I went on uh, several days with and she brought it up in conversation. She's like, Name something that you wanted so bad and you went after it without abandon. And I was like, I don't know if that's my vibe. <laughs> and one of the last words that she said to me, I'll just say, I'll, I'll, I'll lay it all the way out there. One of the last words she said to me was she was like, I don't think this is going to work out. You are not alpha enough for me, which are, a, which is a sentence that you can keep to yourself <laughs> Like, that's, that's, you're invited to, I get it, you don't have to say the thing on the nose, but, you know, it also gave me some clarity or some, some finality on it, just like, oh yeah, that wasn't the vibe.
1: Right, it's like, everything that you are, and the person that, your exact personality type, um, isn't enough for me, and like... Mm. I guess that's kind of what we're saying anytime we break up with somebody is that like your personality type or your whatever about you isn't working for me and we're not sure, vibing. Sure. But like that's a really interesting way of phrasing it because what is it specifically that someone is looking for when they're looking for something that's more alpha?
0: yeah. Oh, we got to, we got someone doing some drilling in the back, like <laughs>
1: super cool drilling. <laughs> it's just yeah,
0: just super cool. Just it's started. just gonna happen. Just it, oh, it started the second that we hit record. <laughs> so, uh, it's just how it's gonna be sometimes, right? You gotta go with the flow. Um, that's a wonderful question of what what are uh, they looking for? What lack are they <clears throat> yeah. feeling there? Yeah. Um, it also goes hand in hand with treating people like uh, subject.
1: Subject, subject 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 object right
0: subject yes. object what can I get from you which is a lot of you know yes. like that's sort of a dating, the could, dating we t- could
1: we could you talk for a second about what that is because yeah I find it super fascinating
0: oh man yeah this is a big one so um this goes back to I know that uh Richard Rohr talks a lot about it and so does Martin Buber who talks about it in his book I thou I and thou um and Richard Rohr expands upon it so In the original book, Martin Buber talks about I and thou. He says that there are several ways to uh, relate to other people in the world, and not even just other people, other objects around you. Just relate with the world. You can walk through the world, and the standard mode of operation is going to be I and it. You You are the I, and you are walking around in a world of its. What is, this is a, I prefer, me, Brad, I prefer uh, Richard Rohr's take on it, which is subject, subject, versus subject, object. And you can say, I am the subject and everything is an object around me. So the way that you may meet people, if you're not being super aware about it, you may say, subconsciously, somewhere in the back of your mind, what can this person do for me? Or how does this person make me feel? Or how do I look being around this person? What opportunities may arise? I actually <clears throat> love to break it down to its most basic standpoint. In the Franciscan tradition that Richard Rohr is is a part of, he talks about how difficult it is to remove a tree. If you are on lands owned by the Franciscans and you ne- you say we need this tree, we need a tree removal service to come and, and and get rid of this tree for us, he goes, you have to write a letter to like your bosses, bosses, boss, someone within the hierarchy of the, of that wing of the Catholic church to dictate why you need this tree removed. And he's like, it's such an important thing because it can't be flippant. It can't be, oh yeah, no, uh, we, we don't like it. It's unsightly. It's time for it to go. It has to be a, it's going to seriously, uh, destroy the foundation of our, you know, building or something like that. Like there has to be a reason behind it because they really want to reinforce that you can't say, I am me and that tree isn't an it and it's got to go. Mm. You've got to say, no, that tree is here. Mm-hmm. It is also a subject. I'm going to view it as well as something in its in its holistic entirety. Mm-hmm. Now that's such a such like a small, low level thing, but we do that so often in the world where we'll just approach people and be like, what can I get out of this? What yeah. am I getting? Yeah. My friendships, like, I just feel like I'm not getting enough. Or right. I'm not. Right. Um, well, or
1: like dating and, and yeah, I mean, we, we I think that's where I think about it the most is like, yeah. especially when I have, I have a lot of friends who are either looking for partners or have partners and it's like, oh, well he, I don't know, he doesn't make enough money or I don't like his job or he's not alpha enough or he's mm. not this or <clears throat> she's not that or she's not, you know, beautiful enough or whatever. And so yeah. you can see how you can get, have these marriages and these terrible divorces that end in like you know, all out legal battles because if you're approaching it as two two you're looking at each other as objects. Mm, what mm. can I get from this person?
0: Yeah. Totally.
1: Then you're destined for a life of like once you've you, their usefulness wears out and they're no longer beautiful or they're no longer rich or mm. they're no longer whatever it is that you were getting out of it. Mm. Um if you're not looking at them as if they are also a subject, you are both subjects in this relationship. You are both equals. You are both like looking at each other as if you um they are the subject of the story and you are the subject of the story together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think what you've said when when you've talked about Richard Roar is and that's when you can start to see other people. You can see the god godliness in other people. Um
0: Yeah, that's yeah and that's the only way that you can get there. You can't get there from you are an object to my subject, you can't, you can't have that. So in, in the book, Martin Buber says, once you see someone with an I and thou relationship, this, uh, this, this space between the two of you has formed from which God can emerge. Mm. And that's, you know, it's sort of metaphysical and it's sort of, uh, uh, you know, trans rational. Um, but it, it, it works and it's the only way to get there. Right. Um, you've got to, Now, I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer is that, of course, discernment needs to be in place here because you can have people that are takers in such a real way, and the other person is seeking out a subject-subject relationship, and so they will sort of either pretzel themselves in a certain way or give, Mm. give, give, thinking the other person may meet them in this godly space and it never happens. So sometimes, to put it blunt, things can be abusive and it's like, hey, I got to... This isn't happening, and I've got to remove myself from the situation. So that is uh, valid. Having said that, I also do love, I want to say it was in Richard Rohr's book, Falling Upward, where he says, he's like, I don't have judgment towards uh, uh, divorce in the way that so many other people do in the Catholic Church. But he goes, I think that perhaps the reason why that is written as a uh, as like something to seek out uh, is that it may be helpful to not always get what you want from someone and you may be forced into this uh, difficult position from which God can emerge kind of thing of like, we didn't go and find, well, now Todd or now Michelle is gonna give me what I want, right? Like that is still transactional in Mm -hmm. such a real way.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it takes a long time to get there too, you know? Um,
0: yeah. And I know, so, I mean, I'm I'm still, like, if I'm talking about relationships, I'm still, I'm th- about to be 38 in a week, and I still often feel like my journey is uh, in its infancy mm-hmm. towards that kind of big um Big relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. So like it's a little bit like the guy without kids and a wife telling everyone else, <laughs> yeah, do, you just gotta that. you just gotta do these these things, you'll be fine. <laughs> like you've been single for five years, Brad. Yeah. You woke up at four o'clock today.
1: <laughs> oh man. No, I've experienced that for sure. Like I um separated from my husband last year, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of that was because I was not even sure what I was supposed to be getting or what love even was. I know we've talked about like bell hooks's book, um, all about love and, and like her definition of it, which is so beautiful is like, it's not just loving feelings, but that's kind of what you're taught, especially in this country, in America. Like you're taught that it's just about like, you fall in love, you have these crazy butterflies and these feelings and then like you get married and then, you know, whatever. But like in an, in marriage vows, like you say things like richer for poor. And I think that you say those things because shit's going to go wrong. And if you're just in it for the take, then like there's nothing going to be there to like kind of pull you through it. So, um, when I, since have gotten back together with my husband, I think it is much more of a subject subject marriage because I'm seeing him more as like a, um, full being, and I think he's seeing me as more of a full being and it's allowing us to like people to give to each other much more mm-hmm. rather than like not feeling fulfilled and just seeing what we could take from yeah. each other.
0: What am I getting? What am I getting?
1: Yeah, but it took me eight years.
0: Of course. And uh, oh my God, like uh, that's still early in the game. I would still like applaud that in such a real way. I, um, I had up on my uh, dating profile for a while. I said that, on, that dating shouldn't feel like shopping. And some people were like, what does that mean? I know my friend Nate was like, w- uh, what are you talking about? Like, that's a weird thing to put up there. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, some of the reading and some of the work that I had done was like, of course we're going to come at it from a place of that because especially here in the Western world where we are, talking about spiral dynamics, is we are in, we're surrounded by consumerism and we have always been like, what do I want? Um, there's a great quote from... Oh, think about it. Think about it, Brad. Um Oh my God. Uh anyway, it doesn't matter who it was from. And it was uh he Oh my God, who A uh, Freud. It was a Freud quote. And he was spending some time with people in uh with Native Americans and one of the quotes that stuck with him was he was speaking with an elder of a tribe and they said, We think the white man is crazy. He goes, they can always, at any point in time, tell you what they want. Mm -hmm. They live in a world of want, and they always can voice that. And we think that is the definition of insanity. And when you're looking... I mean, we both have worked in advertising before. We live in America. We live in New York. It's sort of like, oh, yeah, like we know what we want. We're very good at pinpointing what we want. Mm -hmm. But the flip of like the bell hooks thing is sort of like, how can I be the love? How can I... Uh, how can I give? And I love the a that you showed me that book, and b I love her definition mm-hmm. of love. Do you remember what it was? Sort of. Okay. You go. Uh, I'll I'll do my best with it. It was uh, that love is the dedication to the spiritual development of yourself and the person mm-hmm. that you are with. Mm-hmm. What a paradigm shift! Like yeah. I can't even wrap my head around how big that is. Yeah. To, because it takes the whole story and flips it on his head, which is like, what am I getting? And it instead is sort of like, how, what, do, how can I act towards this person that I love mm-hmm. to aid in their spiritual development? Mm-hmm. And how can I also work on my, mm-hmm. on my own spiritual de- development? Mm-hmm. And that's how you co-create something really huge. I was brought to tears a few um, weeks ago because I saw this viral video. And it was just meant to be haha funny. And it was uh, it was a, a husband and wife doing their their vows or doing the uh, uh, you know for better or worse for richer or for poorer. And when it got to the richer or poorer part, the woman wouldn't say for poorer. And it was kind of like a haha funny moment. But she was like, for better or worse, better or worse, for richer or poor, for richer. And like ah, like everyone just laughed at the awkwardness of the situation. And I was like okay, uh-oh, like that is a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um. And I've said it before, it's not that you need to be wanting in this life materially. I don't think that that's good for anyone to be at a point where like you are strapped together, you know, huddled in a van or something. Like I don't think that's the spiritual mountaintop. But if you couldn't survive that sort of material downfall together that's a very telling um metric
1: or if you didn't even want to try
0: sure yeah but if
1: if one of the conditions was that we maintain a level of wealth um then otherwise i i am out the door Mm. i mean that's the implic. that's kind of what she's saying right
0: yeah oh yeah you know this is contingent this is contingent on yeah this is this is contingent love Uh, i
1: mean going back to the thing about like people don't know what they want what's in or they do know what they want Mm. what's interesting is that like that's uh, that's like a job interview question like where do you want what do you want want in five five
0: years years? have you seen those ads on the subway that are like be a gold digger yes Uh, i have yeah and
1: it's so gross to me yeah yeah um
0: because uh, uh, meet someone with a five-year plan that makes you want to ovulate. That is yeah. one of their ad yeah. campaign slogans. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean that's
1: subject-object thinking to the extreme, to the max. They're just leaning into it. Yeah. They're leaning into it, and they're saying, "Well, well, let's just take all the shine off of it. Yeah. And just call it what it is. Just
0: call it what it is. You want someone that's going to do this for you.
1: Full and stop. and it's conditional and it's I mean like the, the crazy thing is it was like we know as human beings like looking back over a lifetime there's moments that you of up and down there's moments of gain and loss mm. pleasure and pain mm. happiness and sadness joy and you know anger and frustration and all those things for all of the good there's the bad mm. but yet we live in this society and culture that just says it has to be the good
0: yeah and when
1: the bad comes which it will inevitably come
0: what's your foundation what's your what have you built right yeah uh i mean yeah how big of a shift is that from be a gold digger uh okay Uh,
1: poor bell hooks is rolling in her grave on that one
0: sure sure yeah or even even just the uh you know i was listening to um pete holmes talk about it on his interview with Marianne Williamson, and he was like, what hubris for us to say, my will be done, in general, to use biblical terms. But he's like, uh, what, we know what we want. And so she talked about the difference between uh, magic and miracles. And uh, magic, is she. Uh, I, the reason why I got on this track was because Bell Hooks was talking about manifestation. And she was like, it has never ceased to amaze me how much This sort of like spiritual uh, growth has been used to get what I want.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the entire TikTok spirituality manifestation kind of culture that exists yeah. today is people like Mel Robbins, people uh, like, you know, that are like, it, you have to think it and you have, and yeah. and you have to want it. And if you don't, if you don't have it, it's because you don't want it enough and yeah. you're not manifesting it enough. And it's like, but what want, what do we want? Sure. Like we want to all be rich and live and be millionaires. Like, sure. That's the ultimate goal of yeah. every single person is just manifest what we want, which is to be rich. Like, it's, it's, it's so simplistic and so not enough, yeah. you know, it's like, I always think of that Jim Carrey quote where it's like, I wish everyone could have everything they could ever wanted so that they realize that's not the answer. Uh,
0: Thomas Merton says wisdom is getting to the top of your ladder and realizing it was leaning against the wrong wall the whole time. Uh, so I totally agree with all of this and, uh, t- going back to Marianne Williamson, she says, um, that she's like the difference between magic and miracles. Uh, she lays it out beautifully in an otherwise sort of contentious, uh, interview. It's, uh, the, the tone yeah, of it is it was a bit the contentious. Of fascinating, but, uh, but she lays out this point, which I really connected with. She's like, we are so eager to look for magic and not for miracles. Magic is what do I want? How do I get it? I want the house in Malibu with the convertible, right? That's not the spiritual mountaintop. What is, is a miracle, which is some being greater than me here are my hands, use them for something. Here's my voice. I have this voice, use it for something. I don't like use me in some way to bring something bigger into this world. Um, it's, a, it's literally the definition of thy will be done, right? As opposed to my will be done. Mm. Um, and that's where the hubris sort of comes in. I already know what I want. Well, also the world is riddled with people that got everything they wanted to.
1: And still aren't happy.
0: Of course. Right.
1: Yeah. That's so interesting. God, our society, I never have really thought about that, that it's so based on our wants and our uh. desires and like trying to make people even want new things. Like that's the freaking industry I work in. Of course. Um, getting people to w- want more. Of course. Um, and it's so interesting to say like, well, what can I give? Yeah. What can I give?
0: Yeah. And it's, it's hard. Like I, it's, yeah, it's hard. I don't have all of my answers worked out for that. I don't have the answer either. That.
1: I mean, I'm right now a little bit in an existential crisis about my job situation because sure. I lost a job a couple weeks ago and I'm like, everyone keeps asking me like, well, what do you want to do? Mm. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't know. Like I know what I, I can do. Yeah. I know what I have done, but I don't know what I want to do. Mm. And like. That is really, it's an interesting um, place to be, to be my age with the, you know, almost 20 years of work experience under my belt and not have a job and, and think about what my talents are, how I could be useful to this world, what my gifts are, how I could give to this world in a way, but also at the end of the day, like you, I have to pay my rent. So, like, how do you, I'm really, like, just struggling with, like, squaring all of that. Um, mm. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't have an answer for it except to say, like, it's it's tough.
0: It's tough. And I also think that fits in with the nature of this podcast. We don't claim to have all of the answers. And we are cer- cerc- searchers and seekers. Yeah. I think that what I'm seeing is that you're doing this work properly, though. I think that part of the solution is saying I don't know the answer because it would be more obvious to just be like, similar job, let's go. But it's like, well, give me me a second. Mm -hmm. You owe it to yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're giving yourself some space and some time. And it's the holiday season, too. And so, like, you know. Yeah. Good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it, it's just, I guess it's more of just a funny um, societal norm, I guess, of like, well, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want in five years? What do you want in ten years? Well, you have
0: to know that. like, right. Yeah. It's such, it's a bit of the uh, uh, falling upward. Richard Rohr calls it the culture of ascendance, where it's sort of like, oh, yeah, every, like everything moves upward. We know what we want. We mm-hmm. know where we're going and mm-hmm. all of this. Um, but part of the way upward is just being like, I might not know, right? I might truly like not know what I want. Yeah. Um. Yeah, our society is just sort of like weirded out by some of oh, that. Oh,
1: totally. Yeah. Totally.
0: Do you That's... want? Do you want kids? Do you want a family? Do you want this? Do you, do you want to Be
1: rich? Do, you, do want... you want a house? Do you want to? Totally. Do you want to be a uh make less money and backpack around the world? I was just I just had my friend in town yeah. um visiting who's a tour guide. Yeah. And he spends his time on three week tours going around the world. He speaks six languages and he makes probably no money, but he has a very happy life and he goes and he travels and he, um, meets people and he, you know, sees different beautiful parts of the world. And, um, I don't know. There was, that's a beautiful thing too. Yeah. You know? Um, but like I, Just even going back to like that, what do you want thing? It's like, do you want to be that kind of person? Do you want to be Uh, the wall street kind of person? You want, you know, totally.
0: And also our society is wrestling with, uh, you know, we have been for a while with like, what is the definition of wealth or happiness? Um, and I heard one on, uh, what's her name? Uh, Emily Stella Fletcher. I might've just messed her name up. Um, but she has a, um, she had a guest on that was like, what if, your metric at the end of the day of how good the day was was how many times did you laugh?
1: Yeah. What
0: if Something like Dude,
1: that. this reminds me of that. The, I was just thinking of the story of the fisherman.
0: Uh, yeah. That's the parable a,
1: of the fisherman. The
0: Paulo Coelho story.
1: Yeah. About like, uh, well, what do you do every day? I go and I fish and then I come home and I, you know, make love to my wife and I eat a beautiful dinner and I go to bed and, <clears throat> and it's like, well, what if you... What if you worked double the time and then you, what if you took on a, you know, built a business out of it? And then what if you, and it's like, to what end? So mm-hmm. that I can like be happy, but like ha- having more doesn't, doesn't yeah. offer up. And the, the, the answer happiness. at the end,
0: and he's like, well, to what end? He's like, then you can get bigger and you can have warehousing yeah. and have people work for you. He's like, well, then why? And then at the end, the guy's like, well, then you'll have free time where you can go and you can spend time with your kids and make love to your wife and hang out with friends. And he's like, I'm already. Doing, doing that, that. man like, <laughs>
1: yeah right. yeah right yeah i know i know i mean it's i think we've like we've struggled as a society who we were nomadic and we were gatherers gatherers and hunters and then we built towns and I mean sure. it goes back to some of the spiral dynamics stuff we've been talking about too, of like evolution of human beings. But like, I think part of what hasn't necessarily caught up is okay, well now we have infinite and unlimited resources. We're not all like, you know, luck, luckily most people in the world are like not starving. Yeah. Um, and so now what do you do? like, you know, how do you spend your time? Like you're not going out and catching your food and then cooking it and then making, you know, storing food for the winter and then, you know, gathering food in the spring. And like, that's what we used to do. And then we'd sit around the campfire and dance and sing songs and go to bed. And like, that's how, how our society's operated. And I think with all of the technological revolution that we've had, like we don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. We go out in the day and instead of like hunting for our food, we like go to these jobs and we do things that whatever our job might be and then we come home and then you know what I mean like I think we've struggled with that uh, like it's so many it's unlimited options. It's like when you sign into Netflix and there's too much content to choose from. It's almost there's like too many choices. we've like,
0: had we have everything that we ever wanted and we've never been less happy. Um my answer to your question from as, as far as I can see right now, I was rereading parts of um, Trump in a Post-Truth World yeah. by Ken Wilber mm-hmm. to prep a little bit for our discussion whenever it you know, happens on, uh, on Spiral Dynamics. Yeah. And he was talking about, he's like, we're going to have people living to be three digits regularly moving forward. And we've also made these huge strides that you're talking about as far as like awareness in the world. Mm-hmm. He goes, what's it going to look like moving forward? Because the boomer generation was like, oh, I'm just going to have a yacht and I'm going to take a ton of vacations and like I'm going to sort of live this life. And we are – Cheeseburger be- in paradise, Cheeseburger baby. in paradise, <laughs> baby. Let's go. And so what, what he's talking about, I think that the answer is what – you and I are doing right now at this moment, which is going to be spending time on some sort of spiritual journey, looking for deeper answers because this sort of accumulate and, uh, and you keep
1: know. fucking accumulating until you die.
0: Totally. Like we've, we've obviously seen the, the, you know, the, the limits to that, but he was even talking about, he's like a, an industry is likely going to form where it's going to be people meeting people meeting with people, meeting them where they are and helping them on this journey towards, he has this whole thing with four quadrants of, um, he breaks it down into what's called the integral meta theory. I don't need to bore you guys with that here. But he's like, we've accumulated everything on the right side, which is all of Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs stuff. And this left side stuff, he's like, we don't really have a framework for people, especially an older generation, let's say someone that's like 60 or 70 right now, to enter into this kind of stuff of course people go and leave and do it but society especially at their ages is kind of like oh you know uh christine is kind of getting into some woo stuff like i don't i don't really know much about it anyway can we get two more my ties at the mm. pool you know and so he's like this is where the path is going to be so like when we're retired okay, and so stuff,
1: here's think, this interesting thing because people are they're starting to have all of these do you know what a doula is
0: Yeah, wait. A doula uh,
1: is somebody that helps another person birth. Birth, okay, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Okay, so now they're starting all these uh, other... Doulas are popping up. So, I just heard that there's death doulas that are helping people oh, sort of in like a hospice type environment. Like a Sherpa, like to, a Sherpa to, for death. Now, I've heard that there's divorce doulas who are helping women to get through their divorce. And uh, it's like you're paying your best friend who's going to give you all of the advice that you need to help you get through your divorce. I've heard that there's doulas popping up for having aging parents. Uh, um, and so, I think that that's a little bit of what you're talking about. If I it's think like it totally is. Secondary industries. That's going to help to get people through to the to the other side of the challenging pieces of life.
0: I think that totally is that fits exactly in hand with the left side and right side. Um, what he talks about was he's like our metrics for society are going to have to change as well because right now what do we have? If let's say you're let's say you're the president and you're like, well, what metrics do we have? How is society doing? They're like GDP. It's going to be even even things that are measured uh, from a data standpoint of like education, you know, progress or something. Some of these are good and solid, but we don't really have anything that's that is um, done on an institutional level. That's like how we have some stuff of like like, like happiness metrics and stuff. But we don't have anything of like how aware are people? How, what are people's uh, how are people connecting? we're starting to get into some of that where it's like the UK now has a, a minister of loneliness and things like that. But, um, I think that moving forward, once people, especially if we start talking about having universal basic income or something like that, the next metrics are going to be like, how well are people connecting? How well are people? Uh, I mean the list, I feel like the list almost writes itself of like all of these things of how, um, how well are people handling crises in their lives? How well are people uh, able to be there for each other? And
1: I think a lot of this stuff used to be solved in church and like people don't go to church anymore. So like you've lost a little bit of your community, also your spiritual guide posts or your guide guide, to a certain extent, right? Like if your priest or your pastor or your whatever was like you know, okay, I'm having troubles in my marriage and that's who you'd go to for counseling. Um, and we don't have that anymore. So, because most people don't go to church anymore, obviously some people do, but that's not the people that are listening to this podcast. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Sinners that are listening to this podcast. (laughs) Um, but you know, I think that like that that makes total sense that there's going to be all of the, I mean, even look at the coaching world and like the, you know, there's Enneagram coaches and there's, there's job coaches and there's this coach and that coach and doula for this and for that. And for, I think it's people not having fucking community in the right way or friends in the right way. And so like, and I'm not like shitting on any of these industries. Like maybe this is what we need. Maybe Mm. this is the, maybe, maybe it, it, you know, paying somebody to help you work out is not so bad. Yeah. You know, or telling you to eat healthier or telling you to, meditate or wake up when you, what to do in the, how to create a morning routine. Maybe that's not the worst thing, Yep. but you can see the, um, the sort of the uh, cause cause correlation causation, right? It's mm. like cor- between like being more disconnected, being lonelier. And mm. then like what the, what is cropping up
0: as a result? Oh, I mean, yeah. Are you talking about like, what are you talking about when you say What's cropping up as a result? Do you mean yeah, like... just
1: all of these like side industries of
0: like ah, okay.
1: therapy and, you know, doulas and coaches. And definitely,
0: definitely. And like it's easy to shit on the Instagram, you know, uh, people that are posting quotes or, you know, spiritual guidance and stuff on Instagram. And it's also awesome to see as well. This, this increased awareness. I, I've heard someone be like, Oh yeah, congratulations. You just, you, you follow a bunch of people on Instagram, like young Pueblo that are putting out these quotes and you're integrating it almost 0% in your life. And I'm like, well, this stuff is also really great to keep continually exposing yourself to. I know I'm someone that needs to hear things 70 times, seven times. Um, and it also is just normalizing a ton of this. Like Capital W work. I know that word gets thrown around all the time uh, being done. And so, like, what an amazing time to be living in where these people have this sort of reach where it's like they they can post something that is true and genuine. Jay Shetty or whoever it may be and reach 5 million people. I mean, this is... This is all just accelerating that process and leading to when we're talking about that second half of life, doula, coaching, all of these sort of things. It's like, that's what you're going to want. If we're going back to what Mm -hmm. you're going to want, we're going to reach the eventual end of what material things do I want to buy, you know, regularly. And
1: that's like the ending. Like that's sort of our center of gravity, as we talked about last time, is from a spiral dynamics perspective, is in orange. Yes. And orange is a lot about that sort of accumulation culture right absolutely and so we are kind of uh, there's people in green and there's people in yellow so two levels ahead already but Mm. the center of at least the western world is still orange and so as we move into green is a sort of part of what you're going to start to see is like how do you that like this is okay this is no longer working for us
0: yeah Oh, I, I, th- I, I absolutely think that's going to happen. It, the, It's already occurring where some people that never would have thought they would be saying this are sort of like, ah, maybe getting everything I wanted wasn't the answer. So what's going to come next is...
1: Especially because we're so fucking rich in this society. People have everything they want. They have the nicest car. They have the biggest house. They have the vacations of their dreams. They have blah, 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 blah. And a giant like,
0: chunk does, you know.
1: Yeah, a big chunk. And so what... like I do think there's gonna be a little bit of that like sort of like okay well what the fuck do we do next
0: yeah absolutely well that's is if you look at remember that thing that I showed you from the Don Beck book that looked like uh, intestines Mm -hmm. that's how you get away from orange orange sees the eventual the eventuality of like huh I thought all of these things were going to bring me joy and they don't yeah so what is there well It is going to be well. You know what's bringing me uh, verve is um, connection with people around me, Mm -hmm. uh, feelings, Mm -hmm. and um, uh, but the finer, like uh, the finer, more sensitive, um, more expansive view of the world. With increased sensitivity, also comes an expansive view of uh, of the world. But like we have a sensitivity towards so much. More that my parents' generation didn't, which is why my dad and mom kind of scoff at at me calling, you know, uh, this is sort of like a therapy generation. it's like, well, he's like, you know, kind of like, let me roll my eyes at that. But it's because we're aware of so much more than you guys were in 1973. It's just true. We have a bigger burden because we have a bigger scope and scale.
1: So why do we have more than we've ever had but are the like – the saddest we've ever been
0: man i mean that that's a that's a great question i think it goes back again to the hubris of like my will be done versus your will be done but it's sort of like i think the obvious answer from an evolutionary standpoint would be like oh man once like get everything we want like of course
1: sorry but like just just came back into my head again but like that that person saying to you like you're not alpha enough for me yeah I think what she was sort of saying is like, I want, I, she, I, am in the path of ascendance oh and God. like, you're not going to meet me there.
0: Oh, uh, I mean that, that's, that's absolutely what it is. I, the only way to look at someone who on, I don't remember th- maybe three dates or something that were going quite well, it, you know, for them to look and say, you aren't alpha enough for me only is showing their either discomfort or pain or insecurity of, I need this connection. I need right. I need this to be satisfied because I'm terrified of oblivion is is on the other side of that. I'm terrified of nothingness that would that I feel would happen if I weren't to be successful or comfortable or that would be, you know, it would that would be the infinite darkness for me. Would just be like, so that's not an option. And that's never really been my mindset or my goal set, you know? Um, yeah, so uh, does, that, does that answer the the question? Like, there's a yeah, lot of. Yeah, sorry. There. I just
1: went into my head and I was thinking, like, okay, because I'm having some constant low level anxiety buzzing inside me sure. about not having a job right now. Sure. And I'm thinking, and what you just said made me think, like, oh, what am I scared of? Sure. Am I scared that I'm not going to have food? Sure. Am I scared? Like, if you took it to its, like, biggest, most scary, like, you know. Am
0: I living in one of those uh, giant uh, barrels with the straps over my shoulders? Yeah. 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 Definitely. You know, and... uh, Um, yeah, I've got a few things to, to say about that. I had a conversation with one of my friends just a couple months ago, actually. And I was like, we are at the position and I would would include this in you as as well of like, I will never barring total worldwide economic collapse. I will never be in a position where I do not know where my next meal comes from. And if I actually sat there and let that wash over me, I would burst into into tears right now. I would just collapse on the floor with gratitude of knowing that that's like pretty much, I mean, something terrible would have to happen, right? Like 70 things in a row terrible would have to happen for me to, to ever become food insecure. If you really sat with that, you would just burst into tears. But instead, my worst part of myself or society is just like, yeah, yeah, cool. cool that's great. But like, also like, where's my next, where's my next thing? Where's my next vacation? Where's my next car? Where's that next? coat that's going to make me look hot as hell, you know? So all the women want me like whatever it is. Right. But I don't know if that's helpful to No, it's to hear. super
1: helpful. Yeah. It's super helpful.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I wish my wish for you is, um, Oh, I don't know. I don't know what my wish for you is on this journey. I see you doing the uncomfortable work, Mm. And that's all, I guess that would be my wish for you is like, yeah. is is uh,
1: do the, uncomfortable, do the shit. uncomfortable
0: work and you're doing it. So like, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's amazing to see yeah. because we've seen people in that position also be like, I feel a little bit insecure right now and just start grasping at yeah. like anything, anything yeah. to feel, to feel comfortable and I've and had safe.
1: those desires for sure. Sure. Like I've been like, well, I could just do this. I could just do that. I could just do this. And, and, and like, we haven't gotten into Enneagram yet, but like I have mentioned, I'm an Enneagram seven and there is always a low level anxiety inside of us anyway, just because we're hu- like, as, as the human experience causes anxiety inside of us at all mm. times. Mm. We're in the fear triad. Um, mm. but we don't think we're afraid of anything. We, <sighs> but we <are. laughs> Um, and so I've been battling those demons too, because I've been like, Okay, I'm scared. Okay, I'll just do this. Okay, I'm scared. You know, I've literally had thoughts in my head, and I've talked to my Enneagram coach about this. Of like, I maybe I should just go to become a carpenter and like, or a pilot, and I'll just like go to pilot school and mm. like just
0: what? Sure. Random. Sure, sure, Things. I mean, and you've also been there before as well with the uh, with the hotel yes, um, uh situation years ago. Yes. You know, which is valid. Like I, you know.
1: I, it's almost like when I don't know what to do, I'm just like, I'll just chameleon myself into something safe. Mm. But uh, what I'm trying to do, and I think what the work is in for me, is feeling it, sitting with it, uh, dealing with it. Yeah. Listening. Yeah. Writing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not
1: signing up for carpentry school.
0: <laughs> you always do this, Lauren Every time something goes wrong, you just grab a you grab a miter saw uh, every time. Listen, I can't deal with this, Brad. Maybe that's what the person drilling is—is is <laughs> above us, us is, is I was trying on, to. I
1: was on one of those little planes yesterday.
0: A little plane, little oh, plane, like a, like a okay. little
1: puddle jumper plane, yeah, yeah. like a fifteen-minute flight. Yeah. And it, I was in the front seat, and I could—I was practically in the cockpit. With is that the why you wanted to go to
0: pilot school? <laughs> you were like, I could do this.
1: Yeah. One hundred percent. <laughs> I was like, okay, I could do this, like checking the things, and they were like, okay, check engine oil, check that, yes, check, check, and they were doing these checklists, and I was like, I could fucking become a
0: pilot. I, I and then love of course
1: it. in my sexual enneagram seven brain, which is very uh, uh, fantasy, it's like a lot of times the future fantasy. Okay. uh set in a future fantasy. Yeah. I was like, okay, well then I'll be like pilot Lauren and I'll like have an Instagram and I'll travel all over the world. Yeah. Like, you know
0: what I and mean? And all this like, just came soaring in in, in two like minutes. 2 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. So I like in the span of the 15-minute flight spent the entire <laughs> flight thinking about me as a pilot. Uh. And then I had to get off the flight and be like, okay, now I know that when I go into those fantasies, What's happening? What are you running away from? What are you afraid of? What are you ah, not listening to?
0: I mean, that's such that's such a big growth. Like that's that's why when I was talking with a, with our mutual firm Juan, and I was like, I've seen so much growth with Lauren. That's it. I mean, uh, you know, they say growth is is just shortening the distance between self-knowledge and self-awareness, right? You're like, "Okay, this thing is happening to me. I know that sometimes my sexual fantasy uh, 7 will do this in in your mind and then to see it in real time and recognize it and be like, "Ah, that's that popping up again." <laughs> oh, like that it's is It's okay.
1: Ego, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh man. Yeah, and like
1: and, and I do that because I when I was a child, I obviously had went through some sort of trauma in which it was better for me to picture the future state and getting out of it. Ah. And so as a defense mechanism, I would live in a fantasy in the future. Ah. And grasp onto it real hard. Sure. And so now as an adult, as a 39-year-old woman, I still do that and it's like i feel like part of growing up is telling that ego personality side of yourself that is doing all these things that is holding you in this place of of not being aware of what Mm. you're doing and like why you're doing it but like telling that part of yourself like i'm okay it's okay Mm. okay we had the fantasy flare up now we can let it go Uh,
0: (laughs) that's holding it lightly yes it came in yes um Is it Jack Kornfield or someone else that says, uh, take your, um, when an emotion comes in, take it to tea, like sit with it. Ah, Yes. uh, Let me pour, let me pour tea for you. Yeah. I see fear is back. Uh I see escapism is back. Ah, okay. Hello. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Yep. Welcome. Ah, you're leaving so soon. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for coming by. Yes. Yes. Holding it lightly. Holding
1: it lightly. And you know, what's so funny too, is like I had told, told my therapist like fucking I have a million coaches in my life too by the way here I am like ah coaching <laughs> <laughs> these fucking doulas over here
0: anyway I got an appointment in 15 <laughs> hi Cassandra <laughs> yes Cassandra. I'm, I'm still sawing every piece of wood in my house
1: <laughs> I just uh, paid $3,000 for flight lessons
0: <laughs> yeah. um, I'm currently upside down <laughs> um <laughs> But I was telling,
1: I told my therapist two weeks ago that I had a low level anxiety of like on a scale of one to 10, about a one, and then proceeded to talk about how I was scared about this, 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 and this. And he goes, sounds like it's a little higher than one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: wow yeah <laughs> i was like
1: yeah i guess so yeah but it's so easy for me to just go to la la land that i don't even have to deal with it so it's, it literally is just a dull little like string inside me that buzzes it's dull
0: ah what what is the, the, anxiety, dull, the anxiety the anxiety fear
1: the anxiety that i'm feeling especially okay. in this time of uncertainty
0: yeah yeah um does it feel like maybe it's helpful that it's a little more dull rather than like sharp and all encompassing?
1: I think that for Enneagram Sevens, for some people, yes. Okay. For me, no. Uh, because what it means is I'm not addressing it.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. So you almost wish that it was staring in if the face bigger, a little bit. More. It's bigger. It's
1: kind of like, remember when you told me Russell Brand was like, I'm kind of glad I was a heroin addict? Yeah. Because if I was a, a shopping addict yeah. or if I were a gambling gambling addict.
0: video games sex masturbation every society would just be like oh yeah he just he he's plays just video games too much guy. he's just he that kind of guy he's just a video game guy uh-huh. but
1: like no like heroin you know punches Stares you in the you. face yeah. and like m- your friends are like get yourself right yeah but um, you even
0: do yourself is just like this can't, this continue. can't continue i will die i will die, die. but shopping so, yeah you right. could do that forever. forever forever you could be that 90 year old woman that's just like yep. forever. I have forever. yeah forever everything forever
1: and so I think that, um, yeah. So I think sometimes I wish it were bigger. I wish it hit me in uh, waves. I wish it were like I'm ha- like I'm having. I wish I, sometimes I wish I were an Enneagram four that just put on sad music and cried for three uh, hours because I think that's probably what I would just need to do and get past it. But I don't, I, instead I make plans and I go out and I have drinks with my friends and I do this and I I make a million plans every single day because I'm like, um, trying to ignore the dull anxiety. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why we got into, why I got into Enneagram, but.
0: Oh no, I love it. And I'm so eager to do more, um, more Enneagram stuff with you moving forward like that's this is all this is all part of it this doesn't have to be a scripted you know thing we we know that we have things that we want to cover in some of our episodes but what
1: about the teleprompter
0: oh oh god uh (laughs) hi do you need clothes for your pets (laughs) we gotta do it for the uh well we (laughs) lauren just shrunk a sweater and we're selling it (laughs) She did shrink a sweater. I do think it would fit on um, what's my nephew, on your nephew, a mid-sized dog. There's a handful of other. You just figure it out. If you're somewhere around sixty pounds, forty, 40 to sixty pounds, do we have the if, do we have the fifty thousand dollar sweater for you? Uh, also, this was brought to you by Monsanto. Monsanto, bringing you the best. Nothing but the best for you and your family. Also brought to you by the United States (laughs) Department of... Just the United States. By by the United States in general. They are advertising. I do feel that way about milk when they had those ad campaigns and they were like, milk. Like, we forgot about it.
1: No, what's so funny is like, because that's by the National Dairy Association. It's like, I get. They're going to have some money to spend on some ads. I get it. But what makes me laugh really hard is that when countries do advertising and it's like, come visit Iceland. Iceland. So nice. Yeah. So, so beautiful. Visit Iceland. <laughs> but like, you would never see an ad that said like, come visit United States. United States. <laughs> Just all of them.
0: <laughs> I can show you the world. Don't you dare shut your shining. Sh- yeah. But
1: there is a Texas Tourism Board, and there's like of course. a New Mexico Tourism Board, and a whatever, right? New York Tourism Board. But United States. They- oh, that's so there funny. There isn't anything like that's like the United States. That is
0: funny now. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's sort of a because, uh, like, you probably would see one for almost any other country. Like, you could right. for China or anything. Yeah. Is that because we're Americans, in the United States? I don't know. Or is that we because... should ask
1: somebody who's not from here? Yeah. N- Our next guest. <laughs> that's is right. A, is a foreigner. <laughs> is who? Just any foreigner. Any foreigner. <laughs> Will and do. also the
0: CEO of Monsanto. <laughs> we got a panel.
1: On Jim tourism, Brady. That's right. Sounds Jim like Brady. Is.
0: Dick Buckus is here. I do love the fact that they were like Dick Buckus was such a badass that his name was Dick Buckus and no one could make fun of him for it. Right. Right. It's true. You got to yeah. earn that. No, that's true. There's another version of Dick Buckus that's like an accountant. That's like mm. yeah, <laughs> and it's like really like his whole life would be like. Really, your name's Dick Buckus, but instead, this huge hulking man was a, like, "My name's Dick Buckus." You're like, "Okay."
1: You <laughs> just got atomic wedgies. In the, yeah. <laughs> um, I did go to college with a girl named Dorcas, and she was so hot. Ooh, that I think she did not like, see that. Coming. She actually owned the name.
0: My name. <laughs> That's her first name. First yeah, Dorcas. Dorcas. D
1: O R C I S. Apparently, it's from the Bible.
0: I had another friend whose middle name was Nimrod and mm. that's a biblical name.
1: Yes it is that's Jewish.
0: Ah okay mm-hmm. yeah his name was uh he went by his middle name like me his name was Nimrod Holt Tucker. Good guy if you're out there you're a good, good, good guy. Good guy
1: good guy he's but the CEO of Monsanto. He's a, oh
0: he's the CFO of a subsidiary of Monsanto. Uh, brilliant man truly shrewd businessman. Um, yeah. So, um... What
1: else are we talking about? Well, Graia. I am
0: curious, and we're doing great on time. Great. Do you want to talk more about spiral dynamics? Yeah.
1: I think we had left it with green into yellow.
0: We got to green. Should yes. we do a real quick, like, real quick one down yeah. for... So, if you're just tuning in now, we did, on our first episode, we did a uh, beginning purview of uh, a system called, called spiral dynamics, which is an evolution of human awareness, which is... If you become, uh, if you if you understand a little bit about this, it can free up a ton of energy in your life, and you'll see so many relationships on a macro level with with society, of politics, and uh, and also on a micro level with people in your life. And the whole idea is raising understanding of uh, of our world through this the knowledge of the system of how people's awareness evolves. So would you like to do a quick rundown? Uh, let me know. All and, of them. Uh, yeah. Like we can do like just so that people that are, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Will have so like a knowledge.
1: <clears throat> starting sort of way back, uh, he, it was
0: gray, uh, beige, beige, yeah. gray, beige. I always, I always Tope. forget that, that one. Cause we just um, never talk about it. It's yeah, never talked about.
1: It was sort of early humans. Like you'd kill your neighbor for a fish. um, you know, not really communities, not really like kind of every man for himself.
0: Totally, <laughs> then, so survival.
1: Survival. Then we move into purple, which was uh, sort of community started to form. People started to, you know, have tribes. And um, but you might be potent, like there was not like larger sense of community. It was sort of the people in your immediate vicinity. In fact, you're probably warring with the tribes. Or, you know, down the path,
0: down the street, down the whatever. Totally. And that was the first we, right? Where it was like we had a we, but it was a small group of people that you could wrap your head around.
1: Right. So it vacillates every time you move up a level I. Yep. To we. Yep. I to we. I to we. Um, So then we get into blue? Red. Red. You go.
0: Okay, so uh, Red, uh, there were people within these tribes that sort of said, actually, I can take care of myself and uh, uh, adopt a might is right standpoint. This was sort of like pharaohs and early kings. Uh, We can dominate, and it's the idea that uh, um, it's the emergence of the ego out of this small tribe group at Purple and we, uh, we are able to take and dominate. Things are correct because of their ability to dominate.
1: Yep. And this is where you got, like like you said, pharaohs or, um, you know, sort of larger than, you know, um, I must have said Gandalf.
0: Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah,
1: Gandalf. No, I was thinking of like um, Attila the Hund or, sure. you know, sort of like... Whatever. Totally. Go out and rape and pillage villages. Absolutely right. right. And it
0: was like, we are correct because we can take this.
1: Right. Okay. Then we get into blue. Blue. Uh, Blue, which goes back to a we again, which is more kind of about not like the macro tribe. So this Mm. is where you get into like kind of like, you know, wasps, right, would be a macro tribe or um, Southern Baptists Yep. or um, I'm giving very like American specific. Uh, examples I'm sure there's
0: there's a lot of religiosity and religiosity. Uh, even even like uh, even like uh, you know the Muslim religion would be considered uh, in the same way that Catholicism or something yeah uh, would be as well but it's the idea that what is correct is given to us from some higher authority
1: okay and, and- we
0: have our tribe. Okay. And we are not able to wrap our head around. We are ethnocentric on some level. We are not able to wrap our head around.
1: Right. So to take it out of the religious context, this could just be like, I am, I'm i an Italian or totally. I'm a... Totally.
0: Uh, there's a... There, absolutely. There's a lot of... Uh, there, there's a lot of... Um, uh, of uh, uh, What's the word that I'm looking for? Not Na- nationalism as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. So these are what are also called the conventional stage because this is sort of like the old timey. Yes. This, em- this emerged maybe yeah. around uh, you know uh, something like 1500, 2000 years ago. Okay. And these are also people who are uh, they are willing to sacrifice of themselves for either their beliefs or for their tribe. Got it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All right, and, and then, then we go there...
1: into. Um, orange,
0: orange, the enlightenment happened. This is back to I, I back to I. Oh me, sorry. Um, yeah, and so uh, the emergence of, of orange happened, and at orange, this is a uh, sort of post-conventional understanding of the world. You are logic-based. Things are true because you can prove them. Um, things are right or correct or better because of uh, of a logical standpoint. Of this is per it's performance-based. Can I outsmart people around me? Can I collect? Can I accumulate? Uh, this is a smarter version. Uh, or a more evolved version of an eye centric, egocentric mentality mm-hmm. than red. Mm-hmm. Red was me mad, rah, like I'm here. And orange is, uh, okay, I'm going to outsmart, out trick, out educate mm-hmm. uh, myself. Mm-hmm. But it, it is self serving in yeah. that regard. Yep. We are swimming in it. That is the uh, gravitational center of the Western world right now. Yep. And uh, it, it did, gave us
1: beautiful things like the scientific method. And and
0: I went to the dentist yesterday yeah. and they did amazing things like lasers and uh, mm-hmm. x-rays and mm-hmm. all of that. Like, you know, yep. all of our uh, advancements in society are some of the benefits of what came out of Orange. So yeah. it's not all terrible, yep. but it also has been running amok where we've seen people accumulate $200 billion yep. at the expense of others, right? Yep. Cool.
1: Uh, cool. Then we go into green, green. which is... Sort of where kind of started to emerge in the 1960s. Um, This is where you go. This is back to we, and this is sort of a collect collective uh, sensitive. You know, as you say, infinite sensitivity Mm. where um, you really feel for people started to really feel for like people that were outside of their immediate group or tribe. So like you could start to understand like the commercials of like the little children in Africa and like, please donate. And mm. like pe- that's tugged on people's heartstrings or like, I'm going to go build houses in Costa Rica or I'm going to go do whatever. Right. Yep. Like this is sort of that, like, you know, love, peace, um, you know, like collective, yep.
0: It was the emergence of a world centric view for the first time ever. Right. We can wrap our head around and we have space to hold sensitivity for the entire world. Yeah. And I do want to start off, I know I said it last time, but this is a very, very important emergence. Yeah. And one of uh, it's going to be absolutely necessary for us as humanity moving forward to continue uh, to have the healthy parts of this stage. Yep as we advance even further. Yeah. um,
1: Like tell me some of the benefits that came from, from a green world.
0: Oh my goodness. I mean like, uh, the, the, that's a wonderful question. Some of the benefits that came from the emergence of green are, um, Oh man, I'm tempted almost to go and like really zoom out and talk about like the omega point theory and stuff like that. But we might hold off on Pierre Teilhard de Chardin for right now. Okay. Um, how it, it's so important for the advancement of society for us to move past this me-centric orange, uh, dominated world and blue, small, uh, group centered, Uh, world that we were living in, we had to crack open this idea of, no, there's injustice happening in the world, and uh, we need to become aware of Mm -hmm. this, and we need to prevent it from happening, and we need to also institute checks and balances from some of the unhealthy manifestations of Of orange. orange... And of blue, okay. uh, ethnocentric, uh, yep. racist at its worst, yep, yep. Uh, those sorts of things, as well as checks and balances for red, which mm-hmm. is, um, you know, uh, sort of like gang mentality, uh, might is right. Um, uh, this needed to emerge where we said, no, we have a heightened level of, of, of awareness and sensitivity. And also think about when we were talking earlier in the podcast about how we were like, what is the next, what does the future, uh, look like for us in the second half of, of life? We can only get to these sort of finer, more sensitive things through this heightened awareness. If mm. not, then we're just left at the orange accumulate accumulation level, yep. but we can only get to these sort of like, no, what sort of impact do I have on the world around me? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I connect more deeply with the people that I love? Mm-hmm. How do I experience from a somatic standpoint? my own way of walking through the world. How do I get in touch with my body, my feelings, my emotions? Mm -hmm. Um, How do I get in touch with a deeper level of spirituality Mm -hmm. rather than the regurgitative level of blue, Yep. which was like hail Mary full of grace. Because the
1: Bible said it. Of course the Bible said
0: it. So it's right. But no, how do we get into these deeper sorts of things? Yeah. That's green. Green Mm -hmm. was like, let's crack open in a sort of messy way. That's only really been around for around 60 years. Yeah.
1: And, and, Um, For marginalized communities, like has been, you know, really important. I mean, if you think of like, you know, racist housing laws in the United States, or, you know, cracking those open, or even like, you know, the ability to dump polluted you know, pollute waters or dump. You know chemicals into the stream, and you know things like that. Like, but Monsanto. <laughs> Mon- <is> not <laughs> to you by
0: Monsanto. <laughs> to you by- uh, But no, you're you're totally right. Thank you. You're actually you're you're saying this so much better uh, than I than I was doing. Um, it, the it, we became aware of how we were impacting the physical world through our uh, commercialization and our demand for more and more uh, marginalized communities. Like, how important was the civil rights movement? Like, yeah. Looking at it from from this point, like it is so, and more progress still needs to absolutely be done in that in that regard. But it's in the that only emerged from, hey, I'm recognizing and I'm aware of something that's outside of my own standpoint. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was very very difficult Mm -hmm. for people at these uh, lower, less adequate levels of, of awareness to really wrap their head around what is the black experience like in Biloxi, mm-hmm. um, from me as a white man living in Boston or, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yep. uh, it yep. just sort of like did not compute. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Rohr talks about it saying that this might actually be the definition when Jesus said, um, uh, forgive them Lord for they know not what they do. He's like the amount of, uh, cognitive dissonance that we had to experience to, be living blindly to this for so long. He's like, how much cognitive dissonance does a woman in 1841 who has a 10 year old white boy at home to go to a marketplace and purchase a 10 year old black boy? How, like it's just the blinders are on, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Right. And so boom, this new awareness happens. Okay. And we are now in green. There's pros and cons to it. There's messiness there. Like it's, it's literally an eruption. They say in spiral dynamics that once you get to a tipping point where over, they say about 10% of people reach that reach this new heightened level of awareness, that's when it sort of explodes and is here mostly to stay unless it, unless something happens to really uh, bring it back. But yeah, Yeah. so so it erupted and we have all this progress that has been happening and is continuing to happen. Yeah. What do you got to say? I feel like I just rambled.
1: No, no. I was just thinking like, Uh, Back to the cognitive dissonance thing, like, uh, God, part of this is that like you have to transcend and include, Uh, and we can't look back at prior generations nor prior uh, versions of our current generation and say you were wrong or you were stupid or you were whatever, because that was the way it was, but it's hard a little bit not to do that. So I was just thinking about like, well, you know, Henry Kissinger died and- the media narrative was like, well, he was kind of a bad guy, but kind of a good guy. And like people were People were like, no, he was a piece of shit. And like, it was, you know, kind of like this whole thing erupted online of like, do we celebrate this man's hundred year life mm. and career or do we... You know, castigate him for all of the mistakes that he made throughout the years. Mm. Um, He was responsible for the Christmas bombing, for example, in Cambodia. Yeah, in Cambodia. So, like, do and how do you square those two things? And I was just kind of thinking, well, if if you think about what Ken Wilber would say, I think he would say you have to transcend and include, meaning you have to understand that people did bad things in the past, and to back to what you were saying, they know not what they do. They. It's it's a little bit hard to square and be like oh okay well the lady who bought the ten year old black boy who had a ten year old white boy should have known better. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah. Um, that's the idea of presentism, right? Mm-hmm. Presentism, looking back at the at the past through the lens of where we have now. You know, you hear a lot about this with like Christopher Columbus or something, um, and he wrote in some of his notes uh, when he first came in, he was like, we're talking to uh, the locals here, and we are beginning to like take some of their things and they're not fighting back. And they were really uh, confused by some of that. And I I get that we're touching, touching on some really extensive things here, but that just shows the difference in awareness here where they were just like, no, like you command what you, you grasp what you want out of this world, right? They're very orange. Yeah. And from that level of standpoint, they it's almost like the free will didn't really exist. They did what they knew, what they knew how to do Mm And we can go and play Monday Monday Morning Quarterback all we want for it. I I feel a little bit you know flat footed on defending, uh, on on doing the presentism thing right here because it's such a touchy subject. But
1: <sighs> it is a, pre- a touchy subject for yeah. sure. And it, and it, obviously it's clear that we're conflicted about it because on the one hand you're like those we're terrible monsters. Sure. And on the other hand you're like the this is the whole entire context. Con- concept that yes. we're discussing, right. which is how do you, um, transcend and include. Right. Right. And progress into these levels as society becomes more aware and conscious.
0: Right. So before we get to yellow, actually, yeah. Um, tell me what transcend and include means to you.
1: Yeah. So to me, it means as you go up developmentally as a society but also as an individual yep. that you have you have to have some level of grace when you mm-hmm. look back at where we were culturally but mm. also as a human being like there's there's a reason when you think about like your Instagram posts from when you were 22 and it makes you cringe sure, sure. because you're like, I'm not that person anymore. What a creep. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, but like the whole idea is no, you, you're going to, this is part of human evolution is you're going to have different levels of awareness as you grow yes. and that you have to look back at the past with some grace and acceptance because you can't hate yourself or hate everybody that came before
0: you. Uh, th- uh, that is uh, 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 that's a beautiful answer. I think you hit the nail on the head. The opposite of this is what we are often easy to do, which is transcend and dissociate, or as Ken Wilber says, transcend and trash. Right. Well, like, which is,
1: just... can be mean mean green a
0: little bit. Totally. I just have to look at the time. Please. What time is it? It is.
1: Okay, Teagues, I have to leave by two twenty. Okay. So. Great. <laughs>
0: Got it. Okay. So, why don't we table this?
1: I know I feel bad though because we never got to yellow. We still haven't really gotten to yellow, we but that's okay. Yellow.
0: It's gonna. <laughs> we we okay. had a wonderful discussion today. We did, and, and I think that when we get to yellow, it's going. Um, it's it's going to be worth the wait because it's going to really crack open yes, uh, a lot of this. So yes. we've actually, and, I,
1: and we, and I don't think we've totally um, gotten. To Where we need to get to to set yellow up yet? Totally. So, I think we can start there next time and we can talk a little bit about, like, okay, why green is failing us in some ways. Yeah. Um, and then how do we move on?
0: Yeah, I think that it might be interesting even to talk about uh, to introduce yellow and then from the yellow perspective say, Here's the yellow perspective on green and here's some of the uh, some of those the shortcomings there. So, mm. um, and,
1: and I really want to go to the transcendent trash because I, I think that as, as a foundational element of this conversation that we're having, we understand that there's so much sensitivity here. Yeah, There's so much that was done to other people, to marginalized communities, mm. to, that isn't acceptable. So we are not giving people passes. Yep. We are just s- sort of saying that as a principle of this work, we have to be able to transcend and include and not... Trash or disassociate because otherwise we are not going to be able to um, help move forward in a healthy way.
0: I can't wait for that discussion, and you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, yeah, I love it. This has been beautiful, though. Yay! Yeah, really has been nice. Um, I know it has been really great. Any other? It was uh, a
1: little um, rambling, but I kind of feel like not. Actually, I don't, rambling isn't the right word. We didn't really have an agenda and I kind of like that. I'm
0: okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. If, we kind of
1: just needed like spoke from our heart and like went where we needed to go. And for me right now, that's a little bit of this anxiety that I've got going on. And mm. I feel like it's, it would be inauthentic for me not to mention it.
0: Oh, I love it. What if the agenda is connection?
1: Hey.
0: How much better is that than being like, uh, I hear that you want to talk about oh, this? But, but we actually got, have
1: a special guest stuff from Monsanto. We, we have a special guest <laughs> from Monsanto.
0: Please welcome Tony. <laughs> All right, studio audience loses their mind. <laughs> Everyone loves it. We're the last people on Twitter. Um, let's uh, let's wrap it up. This has been wonderful. I'm so glad that we didn't have an agenda because this is what I wanted to do more. Me too. Okay. Love I uh, love you too. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Bye.